Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Happy Sunday. Last week... I was so happy that I got to walk through these doors and I didn't have to do anything. I didn't do announcements. I didn't do centering prayer. I didn't do worship. I didn't have to share a message and I could come and just receive. And I felt so rejuvenated, so refreshed. Afterwards in the parking lot, I was telling Gabby after she did such an incredible job with the teaching, I was like, I needed this. My soul needed this just to come and be and relax and receive. And I hope that that's the feeling that each and every one of you get when you come here. Because I know you have a lot of responsibilities. You carry a lot of stress. You've got a million and one different things going on in your life. But my prayer is that when we come together on Sunday mornings and you sit here and you feel the good energy around you and you open up your heart to receive, that you can get your cup filled so that on Monday morning you can pour out and give and be a blessing in this world. So thank you guys for just being you. Thank you for your warmth and your love and just how much you uh, care about Heartway because I feel it, we feel it, and this place is very special because of that. So anyhow, today's message, it's called Beyond the Veil. No, nothing crazy about it, guys, okay? (laughs) Okay, so... When, when you put a veil over something, the purpose of that is to cover it or to hide it, right? So oftentimes you'll see like a bride wear a veil to cover her face or a magician will have a veil over a box and then they lift up the veil and the person disappeared or they were cut in half. Crazy. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Veil, veil, veiling, unveiling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when something is unveiled, that means it's being revealed. Okay, and I want to play with this metaphor and this imagery of veiling and unveiling because I think it's a really powerful symbol of spiritual realization. A lot of us, when we hear the word salvation or uh, enlightenment, we think about it in terms of like a transaction. We do something and then we get something in return. But in reality, the, I, the whole idea of salvation resonates more with this notion of, of an unveiling. Okay? Uh, you're really just recognizing something that's always been there. So it's not like God starts loving you when you have faith. No, God has always loved you. Now you're just waking up to the reality of it. It's not that God forgives you because now you believe. No, no, forgiveness has always been yours. Now you're just receiving that which already belonged to you from the very beginning. 
It's not that God's presence is now in you and with you because you converted to the faith. No, the presence of God has always dwelt in you. Now you finally just come to realize it. And this is why the scriptures use the term inheritance to describe what it means to experience this gift of salvation or liberation or internal freedom. An inheritance, that means it's always belonged to you. It's always been yours. So God has always been God long before you believed in God. The truth has always been the truth long before you affirmed it or acknowledged it. Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean that it wasn't there. It was always present. It's always been yours. This is your inheritance. It's an unveiling that happens. Anytime you experience spiritual transformation, it's the result of recognizing that which has always been yours. You're really just remembering what you already know intuitively. I love the phrase, becoming who we already are. That's what this spiritual journey is all about. It's, it's simply becoming who we already are. So it's important to make this note about truth. Truth never changes. Truth is truth. If truth changed, then it wouldn't be the truth. However, our understanding of the truth certainly does change over time. There's this one rabbi by the name of Rami Shapiro. He puts it very well when he says, God is real, but everything we say about God is make-believe. <laughs> Think about that for a second. I know some of y'all don't like it, the very religious ones in here. But I, I love that phrase. God is real, but everything we say about God is make-believe. Okay, so when it comes to ultimate reality or absolute truth, the closest we can ever get is an estimation. We're only pointing to and, and hinting at that which far surpasses our ability to comprehend. And the worst thing we ever did to God with religion is reduce God down to our level of intellectual understanding. To think that we actually have God figured out. What a tragedy that is. And how toxic we become as individuals when we actually think that we know everything there is to know about God and life and reality. To the point where we start arguing and fighting with one another about it. When we really have no idea what we're even talking about. The moment you think you have God figured out is the moment that you're in trouble. That's when you close yourself off to all of the ongoing revelation that is available to you. One of the ways that religion can actually become a veil that covers us from seeing the truth and from seeing reality, one of the things that makes it a veil is that religion can oftentimes cause us to assume that we already possess the truth. And in assuming that we already possess the truth, we get further removed from it. Okay? The truth is not something that you possess. If anything, truth is something that possesses you. Okay, this is why when I read the scriptures, and this is just the way I approach it, I read the scriptures through a metaphorical lens. Because if you get too literal with it, you're narrowing it down to just one meaning. This is, what it is. this is what it is. This is what it has to mean. It is one true meaning for all time. But when you understand the scriptures through the lens of metaphor, 
now you, you open things up. You start seeing that there's a depth to meaning that is multi-layered. And when you enter into this world of analogy and symbol and metaphor, meaning actually takes on a new iteration. It, it evolves. It, it changes. It, it grows. Again, the truth doesn't change, but our understanding of it does. And we have to be willing to open ourselves up to new ways of understanding and seeing God and truth. Otherwise, we just continue to perpetuate a lot of hurt and violence and, and division in this world. And the religions have to figure this out at some point, because if we don't, we're just going to continue to perpetuate the same kind of separation that we've seen for all of human history. At some point, we have to wake up and realize we don't have all the answers. And not having all of the answers is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to not have all the answers, especially when you're going through different circumstances in your life, to be okay with not understanding why certain things are happening. Oh, it's like a weight off of your shoulder, but that's the hardest part. We need the why. We need the answer. And because we need the why, we suffer tremendously. So we have to figure out how to, how to open ourselves up to deeper layers of meaning when we're dealing with our sacred texts. Again, it's not that we need to change the Bible, but the way we interpret and understand the Bible should constantly be changing and evolving. This is why in the New Testament, the scriptures are described as being alive and active. Well, anything that's alive is changing and growing and evolving, right? So our understanding, our interpretation has to change and grow and evolve. And the metric should be what kind of fruit does my belief and my theology produce? Is it producing hatred? Is it producing narrow-mindedness? Is it producing division? Or is it leading to love? If it doesn't lead to love, we probably need to go back and question and rethink what it is that we're believing and why it is that we're believing that. Religion is meant to bring us together. The very word religion actually means to, to rebind, to, to reconnect, to unify. But oftentimes it actually has the opposite effect. Um, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew scriptures, you read a lot about the temple. Okay, the people of Israel believed that the temple was the most sacred and holy place. This is the place where God was. And within the temple, there was an inner sanctuary that was known as the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was believed to be the, the joining place of heaven and earth. This is where God's presence dwelt in all of its fullness. And there was a veil that actually covered the Holy of Holies and separated that inner sanctuary from the rest of the temple. Okay? Well, in the New Testament, the scriptures say that when Jesus died and he uttered his last words, into your hands I commit my spirit, the veil that covered the Holy of Holies was torn in two. It's this beautiful imagery, this beautiful symbol of the veil being removed, not just from the temple, but also from our eyes, so that now we come to see God in a more expansive way. These early disciples of Jesus, as a result of that encounter with Christ, started to see things in a way that they had never seen them before. 
They came to the realization God does not dwell in temples that are made by human hands. Each and every one of us as human beings are temples of the divine. In fact, the, the whole earth is God's dwelling place. We're always walking on holy and sacred ground. They came to realize that there is no separation between God and humanity. God and humanity are one. They've always been one. And now we get to wake up to the truth of that and live in the reality of our connectedness to the divine. This is why in the New Testament it says, in the book of Galatians, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. You are all one. So what does it look like to remove the veil from our eyes so we can look beyond separateness, look beyond division, and instead begin to see the underlying unity of reality, the unity that we all share with one another, regardless of what our background is, what our religion is, what our faith is, what our politics are, what our gender may be, what the color of our skin may be. There's this wonderful author, her name is Barbara Brown Taylor. She says, as a general rule, human beings never behave more badly toward one another than when they believe they are protecting God. Isn't that true? Jesus said, love your neighbor. He never said, love your religion. So if your religion gets in the way of loving your neighbor, you got to choose your neighbor. You got to choose love. And you have to be willing to rethink your religion. Again, it's not about having to let go of religion. It's just a matter of seeing through it, seeing through the veil, understanding how putting God in a box, particularly the box of your religion, limits you and sometimes can limit your ability to love other people. So we have to find a way to, to see through that. There is no one group that can claim to have sole possession of the divine. I know it may be controversial to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. God is not a Christian. God is not a Muslim. God is not a Jew. God is not Hindu. God is not Buddhist. God is not a Republican. God is not a Democrat. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how we always assume that God is on our side? God is for us and against those who are not with us? No, God is beyond all of those labels. God is beyond all of those categories. And the moment we try to trap God into any sort of human system, we create separation between one another. But when we understand that God is beyond all human systems, now we have a common meeting place where regardless of our religion or our culture or our political beliefs, we can join together in faith and in peace and in love. And if we don't find that common meeting place that can transcend all of our differences and distinctions as human beings, we're going to be in trouble. This is why I like to say my religion is love. Love. Because love transcends all things. Love is above and beyond all things. There's no such thing as Christian love or Jewish love, or white people love, or black people love. I mean, there kind of is a little bit, you know. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Love is love is love. Okay, love is what binds us together. Love is that unifying factor. 
And so that's what we advocate for here at Heartway. That's the kind of world that we're seeking to create. And it begins with the way that we interact with one another. It begins with the way that we treat one another right here in this room. So the veil has to be torn. The veil has to be taken down so that we can see what has always been there, what has always been true, that every single human being is a child of God, that every single human being is worthy of uh, being respected and honored for who they are, exactly for who they are. In the Old Testament, there's a story about a man named Abram. God calls Abram and he tells him, leave your country, leave your family, Leave your relatives and go to the land that I will show you. This is, to me, such a beautiful picture of what the spiritual journey is all about. Moving towards God, transforming your life, is going to involve leaving behind the biases that we picked up from our country of origin, our religion of origin, our culture of origin, our family of origin. We carry so many biases with us as a result of all these things. And if we're not willing to leave those biases behind, how could we ever begin to step into the fullness of what God has for us? How could we ever see God in everyone and in everything? We're still going to be very selective. God is in you, but not in you. God loves this person, but not that person. Right? So it's a matter of removing the veil. We have to ask God to remove the veil from our eyes. First and foremost, remove the veil of unhealthy religion that tells us that people are problems that need to be fixed or projects that we need to work on and convert. How can you genuinely love another human being when you have an agenda for them? Right? If you're just trying to convert somebody, or convince them of the truth that you believe or what you see as being right or correct, now you have no curiosity about the other person. You're already going into the encounter with this individual with the assumption that they don't have anything to teach you. When the reality is probably the complete opposite. Many of you have maybe heard this phrase, seek to understand before you seek to be understood. It's a good law to live by. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. But oftentimes, religion makes us see people as projects that need to be fixed. So God, lift the veil of unhealthy religion from my eyes. It's also a good thing to ask God to lift the veil of money and power that causes us to believe that people's worth and value is connected to how much they possess or how much they produce. And we begin to treat each other differently on the basis of how much we have or don't have. It's also good to ask God to remove the veil of our political biases, which causes us to become very tribal and have in-groups and out-groups. These are the good people. These are the bad people. It's a good thing also to ask God to remove the veil of our ego, all of the judgments and assumptions that we lay over people that prevents us from truly being able to see them for who they are. Not too long ago at the hospital, I was going to go see a patient in the ICU, and oftentimes I'll get a little update from one of the nurses before I go see the family to see what's going on. 
And the update that I got for this patient was one that I don't get all the time. They're like, hey, so this person was found in the back of a vehicle, passed out with drugs on them and a gun, and they're a homicide suspect. So already off of that, you can go into a room assuming a lot of things, right? My job, if I'm doing it correctly, is to clean the slate and not come in with any sort of bias, or if I do have bias, to acknowledge and recognize it and set it aside so that I can truly be present to other individuals. And so that's what I did. When I walked into the room, this individual was surrounded by family, and as they were sharing and talking about this person who they were losing, they only had positive things to say. This person is the glue of our family. This person, they're so sweet and so kind. And I even said, I was like, really? Because it was all tatted up. You know, the dude was all tatted up. And I was like, man, he looks like, you know, he can get down, get, you know. And they're like, he's so sweet and kind. They put like a little teddy bear next to him. Like the super tough dude looks like a gangster with a little teddy bear. And everybody in the family saying, he's the glue of the family. He, his love is amazing. He, he's so selfless. They were saying things that you would think would be the complete opposite of a quote unquote criminal. But this is the duality of humanity, okay? Can we see that in individuals? Yeah, people do some really crappy things, but that doesn't define who they are. Right? We all have the good and the bad, the positive and the negative. But if we're biased in one direction, we're totally blinded to the reality of the fact. And that goes both ways. If you just only think positively about somebody and then something negative happens, you're going to be so disappointed because you had a false image and expectation of who that person was. In the same way, if you just think, oh, this person is the worst, they are horrible, they are so evil and bad, that's also not true because we both carry these polarities within us. But if you come into interactions with other individuals with these biases, you won't be able to truly have a balanced perspective on people. And so I'm grateful that I was able to come in with a clean slate. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to truly minister to this family. Because in the back of my mind, I'd be like, they're crazy. So God, remove that veil from me. Remove the veil of, of the judgments and assumptions that I'm constantly making about other people that prevents me from truly seeing them for who they are. Another, another good one is, God, remove the veil of past and future. We don't realize how much we project the past into the present. And so we continue to repeat it over and over and over again. We have the same experiences even though we're with a different partner or at a different job or in a different circumstance. We're still going through the same thing over and over again because wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> right? Right? So this is the world that you live in. It's here. And if we stay stuck in the past, we just continue to repeat it in the present. Same thing goes with the future. If you're constantly focused on what's next, if you're constantly focused on the future, you're going to limit the possibilities for yourself in the present because of all of the fear and anxiety and pressure and expectation that you're creating for yourself. So God, remove the veil so that I can be here 
now. So how do we clean the slate? How do we leave behind these biases? It's just a matter of keeping your mind open. That's it. Keeping your mind open. When you keep your mind open, when you adopt a don't know mind, I don't know. I know that I don't know. (laughs) You stay open. Now, God can speak to you. God can reveal things to you. I love this quote from Ram Dass who says, the next message that you need is always right where you are. That's it. You're looking for God to speak to you. You need a revelation. The next message you need is always right where you are. You just have to remove the veil. What I've come to find in my spiritual journey is that as difficult as it is to experience that unveiling process, because it is difficult, when you have always seen things one way and the veil gets removed, wow, that can be a shocker. (laughs) Really, it could be a shocker. It can affect you to the very core of your identity. Eventually, what I have found is that I actually like it when I can start seeing through my delusions. When God shows me, hey, you had a veil covering your eyes. I actually like it now when the veil gets removed. At first, it was horribly painful. Now I just laugh. I'm like, wow, of course this situation isn't what I thought it was. Of course that person isn't who I thought they were. Of course what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. (laughs) And it reminds me to keep my mind open and to remember that I don't know. So you keep your mind open. The next message you need is always right where you are. Another thing, a last word about the whole unveiling thing. Right now, it's important, it's important for you to know that God unveils things to people in different ways and at different times. Okay, so right now, you may have had an unveiling happen, and you see the truth. But not long ago, you didn't. So it's important for you to have compassion on people who still have the veil over their eyes. I'll never forget when I was working in a homeless shelter as a chaplain, there would be people coming off the street, smelly, they got bed bugs, they got nothing to their name. I mean, they were at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. And we came and we would help and we would clean them up, we would give them a bed, we would give them warm meals, we'd start taking them to classes, and then they start feeling better about themselves. And can you believe that some of these individuals, I would see it over and over and over again, three weeks into the program, four weeks into the program, when somebody new would come off the street, they would start looking down and talking crap about those people. It's like, what? Do you remember just a couple weeks ago where you were at? That's how it is with a lot of us. We learn something new. God removes the veil. How can you not see this? How can you not see the truth? Oh my God, you're so stupid. You're so foolish. No, remember, just a little while ago, you were blind too. And God unveils things to people in different ways and at different times. So it's, a, it's actually a good thing that God unveils things to us in stages. Because if he didn't, it may be too much too soon.
there's a story in the Hebrew scriptures about Moses going up Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. And when he goes down the mountain, because he was in the presence of God, his face was shining forth with the glory of God, the scriptures say. And his face was so bright that the people couldn't handle it. So he had to put a veil over his face to protect the people. Because if they would have stared into his eyes and seen the glory of God in all of its fullness, they would have died. So that veil was actually protecting the people from seeing that which they were not capable of handling in the moment. What does that tell me? Number one, I shouldn't rush my healing process. Okay, we got a lot of trauma, a lot of stuff that we got in our closet, and you don't have to deal with it all at once. <laughs> okay, little by little, step by step. Also, apply that same principle in your interactions with other people. Don't try and rush people in their healing process to go further than they're capable of going right now. And this is why it's foolish for us to think that we know what's best for other people. We know where you should be, what you should do to fix all of your problems. No, no, no. Leave that to God. Don't rush people too soon. Don't rush yourself too soon because it may be too much for y'all to handle. So you take it easy and you take it slow. God unveils things to people in different ways and at different times. So what matters most is not dealing with the veil that people have over their eyes. Just make sure you don't have a veil over your own. Kind of like Jesus said, make sure that you deal with the log in your eye before you try and take out the speck in your brother's eye. Let's pray. God, thank you for unveiling to us the truth of who you are. You are a God of love and of grace and of compassion. May we come to see the truth of who you are and never try and limit you to our intellectual understanding. Help us to remove you from the box that we've put you in and to remember that love is the key. Lord, remove the veil from our eyes so that we can see beyond separateness and live into the unity of all things. We thank you for journeying with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us, always being by our side. Help us in our healing journey not to rush things and to remember that you will show us what we need to see in due time. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And we open up ourselves to the revelation that you have to give us. Amen. All right, everybody. God bless you. Have a great rest of the week. Our last circles is on Wednesday, so we hope to see you. And then if not, we'll catch you next Sunday. Be well.